It's time for the Rich Life Retirement Show, brought to you by retirement professional and Wall Street Journal best-selling author, Bo Henderson. This is the one place committed to helping you navigate all aspects of a successful, meaningful, and fulfilling retirement. Let's get started. Here's Bo Henderson and Bill Main. We are ready to go. Another Sunday get-together. Bo Henderson's with us. Bill Main standing by, ready with some great questions. And, Bo, you look like you're in rare form today. Hope you're well. I'm doing good. I had the um, coffee on the way in, so I'm on I'm on energy on go. <laughs> Full caffeine. Okay, good, because you're going to need it. Because on today's show, we're going to be talking about the broccoli of retirement planning. Mm. Yeah, you weren't expecting gonna that. going to be healthy right? now. Exactly. We'll also hear from someone who says we need to make peace with the idea that the stock market is always going to be volatile. Okay. Okay. And we're going to talk about how much buying power your nest egg might lose, yikes, after 20 or 30 years of inflation. Okay. So plenty going on today, plenty of things to unwrap. But before we do that, is the uh, is the, the, the education tour continuing, the retirement tour 2021 continuing? Yeah, we got the roadies gathered up. We're loading up the bus, <laughs> the instruments, and we're going to be heading to the Buford Community Center in okay. March. And we'll be there the 16th and 18th. That's Tuesday and Thursday at 6.30 p.m. And Saturday the 20th at 10 a.m. Okay, very good. And if that's something you want to come out and learn about retirement strategy, we're going to talk about Social Security optimization, taxes in retirement, coordinating all your benefits, come out. We have great response from these events, and people learn a lot, and they always walk away with at least two to three action items of this is what I need to do next, or this is what I need to look into further that applies to me. Yeah, you shared some success stories of people who have realized the light bulb's gone off and they realized, oh, wait a minute, I'm leaving money on the table. Right. Yeah. And I had one this past week. I was meeting with a client. And I love these meetings. After doing a little analysis for this couple, I was able to show up and said, OK, guys, what would you say? Would you be would you be OK if I told you I've got an extra twelve hundred dollars a month that you need to go turn on right now? Oh, There's a spousal benefit situation that the couple wasn't aware of was available. And for two years, they'd been leaving twelve hundred dollars a month on the table. Yikes. OK. Yeah. See, so, that's a big deal. Yeah. So when you can show up and be the person that says, <laughs> hey, here's an extra fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Makes a good meeting. Well, there you go. Bo could be the hero you're looking for. It's easy <laughs> to get in on these things. You just True. have to hit the website. Yeah, just go to richlifeadvisors.com and look for events, and you can register for any of our upcoming events. Again, the next one's at the Buford Community Center, right out right in downtown Buford. And you can always call me if you have a specific question at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. All right, let's dive right into this. And uh, one of your guys that you probably kept up with, Lawrence Kotlikoff, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's with Boston University, economics professor. He's also known, also known as something of a sort of an authority on Social Security. So you guys probably have rubbed elbows before. But he wrote about an acquaintance who visited three different Social Security offices, asking each of them how much... Could he expect to receive in monthly benefits? The man received three completely different answers, which kind of shakes my confidence a little bit. Right. So he filed his claim at the office that gave him the highest number. <laughs> okay. Which I think, <laughs> That's yeah. good thinking. Wouldn't you want to? Yeah. But it makes me wonder if he'd asked the fourth one, if he could have got a better right. answer than that. But okay. In a way, it is amusing. But in another way, as I mentioned, it kind of doesn't give me much hope in a way. I, I feel a little unsettled. Can we really count on the Social Security employees to give us that information accurately that we need to make the right claiming decision? You know, one we talked about, there's over 500 claiming decisions to start with. How possible. do you pick? You just get a dartboard? And, well, and then the, the employees at the Social Security Administration, they're really not even allowed to give you advice, right? They can tell you the, the claiming strategies. And I think what happened here, Bill, is you've got some of these calculations being done by hand in the mm, office, believe okay. it or not, or yeah. on some antiquated software so I'm not surprised that there was different numbers per per Social Security office because I hear stories like that all the time. 
and it's not it's not uncommon out here situations where somebody came in and they asked for okay what form do I find or uh, file or do I do this rule and they got the right answer but I've also had every year it seems like I get three or four where somebody at the Social Security Administration tells somebody the opposite of what's right or completely oh, wow. wrong oh no and that's scary because if, yeah. if this is an important decision for me and my family and I can't go to the place called Social Security Administration to get information. So it goes back to why I do all the classes I do is that short of us taking responsibility, it's our benefit. I've yet to see the government call anybody and say, hey, here's a, here's a way to get an extra $50,000 we want to yeah. send you, right? So it's let's read books. Let's see what applies to us. Are we in a situation to where there is a spousal benefit, a survivor benefit, a divorce spouse? And let's learn everything we can about the rules for what applies to us. And then let's model it. You know, we can do an optimization analysis like we talk about and model it. And that's how we do the best we can do. So do not depend on the so that that's the big bullet point for this, right? Do not depend on the Social Security Administration for your advice for how to do Social Security. And really, that they have so much else. That's they're not the job to give advice. Right. Their job to answer questions as part as just regular clerical things and, and procedural things. Right. And that's what people like you who are steeped in it. And I know how do you keep up with it because it does seem to change from year to year. How how are you able to keep up with all of those ways? Right, that's the job security, right? Every year yes. <laughs> there, there's updates in the rules, the thresholds, and that's just part of the job is, is having to know what that is because I would be in trouble if I was out teaching these things and I didn't have the updated rules or I was teaching rules from 2018 because every year the, the thresholds, the gaps, the earnings limits, and, and all those things will change slightly. Okay, well, and that's, that's trusted to an expert. Well, and remember, at the end of the day is if we know the rules of the game, we can win the game. But if we don't, it's pretty tough. It's kind of hard to even play. That's it. At least be in the, in the right ballpark. You won't be in the Super Bowl. That's, that's for sure. Super Bowl, Social Security. Okay, so uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm one of these guys that uh, I'm not in the market for a new car, but I like to shop around just because I like to look at the eye candy, the sheet metal. Right. Okay. But I don't know if you've looked around lately at vehicles. So brace yourself if you haven't. The research site Edmonds, which I like to go on their site a lot, uh, says the average price of a new car today is $40,179. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a chunk of change. And but let's just put this in perspective because numbers in and of themselves don't mean anything out of context. And so the point that we're trying to make here is that's more than double the price 30 years ago. So I'm afraid to even think about what might be happening in the next 30 years. How do you keep clients how how do you keep them safe from inflation? Is there a way to do that because let's face it, one of the things that can eat away at your buying power mm-hmm. when you retire, we talk about taxes. And we, we talk about that, but we can sort of control that with legislation or planning. But inflation, how do you guard against it? Hey, you're right. So it's the purchasing power. That car that I could purchase for $20,000 30 years ago, yeah. was it 20 years ago, uh, it's twice that, that same car. Yeah. No 20000 will buy half of it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right. You can buy the back seat. And if I think about my truck, it seems like it, the truck's doubled in price in about 10 years. Yes. I, I mean, it, it seems like that happened when I went. To, I was shocked when I saw how much a, a yeah. new truck was yeah. about a couple of years ago. But So what we have to do is that's why it's important that there's there's typically going to be a portion. We need to grow assets. We need to have we can't just uh, we can't just keep our money in a savings account because inflation will catch up with us. And the money we have today you can't say, okay, I need $5,000 a month and run that for 30 years. Sure. You've got to adjust that for average inflation, inflation over time, or we'll find out that we can't buy our groceries or we can't pay for our insurance and the things that are very important. So how do we have to, we have to make sure we get clear on, okay, what is our inflation protection? And, and one of the things we can do is look at things like our social security that are inflation adjusted. If you're fortunate enough to have a pension, there's some of those that are inflation adjusted. 
Um, but the other way we adjust for inflation is we have to grow some assets ahead of inflation rates. So hmm. that typically is where you see longer term growth market type of in, uh, investments. They're going to have to exceed somewhere north of 3% net to outpace inflation or help keep up with inflation. Is that always a realistic uh, possibility? Uh, in, in a lot of cases, it is. Sometimes we might have to have the other conversation, right? Is okay, if our money won't keep up with inflation, our expenses are going to have to go down. Yeah, so we need to need to change, adjust our lifestyle, so to speak. That's right. Because, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. It's funny that you bring it up because I was, I was thinking, okay, well, when we retire, we won't have the house payment. We won't have this. We won't have that. So that'll bring my monthly expenses to X. Let's just, since you use 5000 say $5,000. Right. But my $5,000 today, mm-hmm. when I retire in 20 years, it might how, be like how much? 2000 2500 right? Yeah, so, so I'm going to need another, I'm going to need at least 7000 by that point. Right. And then it's just going to go from there. So that's one thing I hadn't thought about really until you mentioned it right now. I had not thought as much about that changing. You've got to think about that. Well, and that's why we model. You know, you hear me say model all the time. We project today what we do or position to where we'll be in 10, 20, 30 years because we can't wait 20 years and then try to address it. Right? Yeah, the time's yeah. gone. Yeah, it's too the, late. the growth is gone. So we want to say, okay. And then sometimes it'll tell you, Bill, this is this is fascinating as we're digging into this. And sometimes it'll tell you, this is what I can actually afford to spend because we might spend more than we can afford to if we're not accounting for what we really need 20, 30 years in the future. You see, I tend to be pragmatic because my question sitting down with you would be, I, this is, I'm not going to tell you what I need to spend. I need you to tell me what I can spend. What's viable. And then let me go back, and that's my budget. Right. And then I need to decide from a budget standpoint, this is the money you have. If we can only teach our government to do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good luck well, with that. Another story. This is not what we do here. This is Rich Life <laughs> Retirement, and our Rich Life Advisor, Bo Henderson, is with us. And we're shooting questions at him left and right. And, uh, Bo, if folks want to get in touch with you find out a little bit more, just right off the bat, easy to do. Yeah, go to richlifeadvisors.com. There's a lot of information there about our methodology, how we work with clients, and how we help them plan for successful retirements. You can always give me a call at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Okay, so we started out the show this year. You kind of gave me a quizzical look, and rightfully so. Let's talk a little vegetable matter here, shall we? <laughs> uh, how do you feel about broccoli? Do you like broccoli? Hey, if it helps me live healthier in retirement, I'm on board. No, if I have to eat a vegetable, I like broccoli. Yeah, I, I like broccoli. Too. You know, The funny thing about broccoli, quick aside, is when I first got married, uh, I made the comment to my wife. She made broccoli. I said, oh, I love broccoli. It's one of my favorite vegetables. And so like for the next, I don't know how many meals, we had broccoli at almost every one. I said, um, why are we always having broccoli? She goes, I thought you liked broccoli. I said, I do. I just don't need it every meal. So we kind of laugh about it now when we have it at home. We kind of chuckle about it. It's a staple. Exactly. It, it was a st- for a long time. It, it, was it reminds staple. me of cauliflower anymore, Bill. Have you noticed they can make cauliflower bread, cauliflower rice? Cauliflower so it, mashed potatoes. We had cauliflower mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes. Yes. So there, you go. <laughs> there you go. Now, some people do love it, like you and I. I really do love broccoli. honestly do. Other people don't like it. The late President George Bush made a big deal about it. You remember that? And his wife liked it. He did not. But depending on whether you side with George or you side with Barbara, doesn't think. I think most of us admit that broccoli is good for us. That brings us to our next story. Kiplinger says the broccoli of retirement planning is the annuity. Huh. So you want to take a shot at defining that for us? Explain so that. The broccoli of retirement planning is annuity. All I right. think that would be drawn from, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily like broccoli. Yeah. Not necessarily very exciting or flashy. No, no, okay. no. But what it's talking about is more and more research has been coming out recently is that annuities uh, with a portion of your portfolio to give you that lifetime income that you can't outlive actually gives you a much higher chance of a successful retirement. And by success, I mean not outliving your money. Right. So I think that might be it. It's not really exciting to talk about. And even there's some maybe negative connotation, like if you say, let's go dive into a plate of broccoli. (laughs) But 
you know, you know, my my deal is uh, let's not get hung up on let's 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 let the math show us what's going to be the best tool to accomplish the job we're trying to accomplish. And if it's for lifetime income, that is what an annuity is by definition. Now, there's multiple kinds of annuities and there's bad ones and there's one used in the wrong places. But the right annuity in the right spot could be just the tool to help a retirement work. But you need to keep this in mind when when we're talking about it being a tool, it's not the only thing you want. It's right. something that you might, as you've taught me over the past weeks, it's something you might use to fill a gap. Right. So an, that's, that's a great point. An annuity is not a retirement strategy. And that's where it gets misused out there. Somebody that sells annuities says, hey. Take that, take that, five, take that five hundred thousand dollar four hundred one k and put it in an annuity. Maybe, but what does the math support that? Probably not. Probably yeah. it's it's very specific to an income gap or something you're trying to solve. So that that's a warning sign. If if it's the annuity is being presented as a retirement plan in and of itself and not just a tool in your strategy, then that's probably a red flag. Yeah, back away slowly, that's right. but back away. That's the bad broccoli. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> that's the one that doesn't have the cheese on it. That's there right. you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Now you know we often hear the term legacy planning. But what does that actually mean when we talk about legacy planning? Kiplinger says there's a lot more to it than just deciding who gets what. So what is there to it? Well, one of the things with, with legacy planning we, we talk about immediately that continues to amaze me, but not so much anymore because I've been having this conversation for 21 years, is this idea of basic estate planning documents. Things we all say, you know like what? a will? A will. Okay. A financial power of attorney, usually a health care directive. Things we know we need. Mm-hmm. And, but... When I sit down with somebody, and a lot of times the conversations I'm having, people are in their, their late 50s, early, mid-60s, uh, it's not there. We haven't gotten around to it yet. Or we did, but it was my ex-spouse, and it's not current. Oh, you need to change those names. Right. So so that's the thing is even though uh, we know it's important and it can avoid a lot of, of conflict, a lot of fees, and a lot of potential issues with your family that yep. you're leaving assets oh, to. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I think, what, I think this came up on another show is just – it might be a few hundred dollars and some time that's not necessarily, you know, I might rather go watch a ball game than talk about what happens when I die. Yeah. But it's important to do. I'm not the biggest sports fan, but I'd much rather watch a ball game than talk about <laughs> when I'm going to die. I would <laughs> actually rather eat broccoli. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. but, uh, but is it is it a situation anymore where, where people, um, it, that they, they don't think about it because they, they, from the standpoint of I don't really have that many assets? I don't think people realize how many assets we actually acquire and what is considered an asset. Yeah, I do get that a lot is that my stuff's really straightforward. I don't necessarily think I need to do one. But again, you can have your your possessions, your your assets tied up in probate. And again, that's, that's where there's potential fees and issues amongst family members. Another thing with a state planning bill we can talk about is we can do planning now to make sure we're minimizing the impact of taxes so that, again, do you want this money you saved or worked hard or your assets you've accumulated? Do you want them to go to your beneficiaries in the best situation possible tax-wise, or do you want them to get less of it? Now, you might be dead and, and say, hey, doesn't matter, but most care. people want them to get as much as they possibly can. Sure, and, and you know, this is the thing. Do, do you see as many people now, especially like my generation, our generation, um, uh, who are interested in leaving some sort of inheritance or legacy to the next generation? I see, it's a mix, but I have to say if it if it leaned one way or the other, what I'm seeing more and more of is people saying, you know what, I I, I raised my kids, I, I helped them out, but now I really, if we need to spend every bit of what we've accumulated to live a good retirement, that's what we want to do. Now, that's not, that's not the rule. Every once in a while I'll see somebody say, hey, it's important that we leave X amount of dollars to help, especially I run into cases where there's some special needs situations where, hey, it's it's 
critical that we, we you put might want to leave some sort of a trust. Maybe you've got a special needs child or somebody like that that you want to you want to make sure they're perpetually cared for. Right. But I think I think what we were kind of talking about earlier, uh, that this idea of, of, hey, we invest in our kids as they were growing up and we probably put them in a better position. You know, I think that's every parent's goal, right? Right. Is to give you an opportunity maybe I didn't have. I know my dad did that for me. and and That's what we've done with our our kids. My dad did it for me as well, my my mom and dad both. Uh, And I think it's a situation where we kind of looked at it like, yeah, we'd like to leave you something, Mm -hmm. but we invested on them on the front end. Right. Helped with school, helped with living, helped with cars, helped with all those sorts of things. Now you're launched. Right. And I think that's a good way for kids listening is it's – I really recommend even if even if you know, I don't even like to plan with inheritance until it's in the bank account. Yeah, because you don't know. Because I've seen some parents the last three or four years eat up every bit of it with health care. Yeah, uh, and and it's better to plan that way anyway. So it's just bonus that way. All right, I just it's kind of I just kind of want to ask that because mm-hmm. I I know what our situation is in our family, and I didn't know if we were indicative. So it sounds like we're it, yeah, it, it's pretty common. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't feel so odd now. Spend Thank it. You. I appreciate. It. <laughs> and then I get I get some scenarios where people are like. Hey, I want to spend every dime of it. I don't care. Yeah, that. exactly. I'm, I'm living it up, baby. All right. Now, I know some people who are planning their retirement around the idea that the tax rate on their retirement account is going to be a lot lower after they quit working. Wah, wah. That's <laughs> not true, is it? Well, it, yeah, if that's all they've got to queue up this this piece, yeah, we, we talk about that almost every week is with the, the amount of spending this government's done, the amount they've added in 2020 and already in 2021. Right. And what they're looking to add on top of that. Right. It's going to come due. And guess who's going to pay it? You and I. Yeah, we're going to pay it one day. And the way we're going to pay it is taxes are going to be higher. So uh, a lot of the planning we can do now and a lot of the positioning we can do now is what are the rules? What can I do to protect myself from future taxes? What can I do to to put myself in a better situation? And, and you know, and in retirement planning, a lot of what I talk about is we're working on Roth conversions, the, the six, eight, ten years before retirement, because if I can get money pre-taxed at today's tax rates, so that they're tax-free when I'm in retirement and need those distributions. Which will be a higher tax rate. Right. It'll protect us from future tax increases, how much tax we pay on our Social Security, the required minimum distributions we have to take. So a lot of that is, I think, one of the biggest components of successful retirement planning moving forward is going to be taxes. It's almost like, one of the, what's that Django game where you pull out the blocks? Right. And, and that's because every block affects every other block, and that's what you're looking at here. Well, And, you know, the whole premise of the 401k uh, when it came out was – that you should save, you should save, you should save, because what we were talking about, one day you'll retire in a lower tax bracket. Right. That's just not the reality. Even if we're in the same tax bracket, what I see is I rarely see somebody, uh, say say the household's bringing in $5,000 a month. That's been our popular number today. They're bringing in $5,000 a month. I rarely see them spending twenty five, three thousand. Yeah, no. So that uh, when they retire, they're going to drop and have less income. Usually, it's a we it's we call it a consumption model. Usually, we're trying to replace the income because most people live up to their income. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, here's the thing, and I, I feel this way. It would be nice if you could put your entire nest egg in the market and know that you're going to get a nice return on your money. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, that, yeah. yeah. No roller coaster ride, just all up, up, up. Unfortunately. We don't know that because the markets can be risky, but Morningstar's Christine Benz says these days you don't really have any other choice. Is she right? Do we really have to, quote, make peace with Wall Street's volatility? Well, she's right on one, one count that the market's going to be volatile. It's going to go up and down. This, this last 12, 13 years of the market going up, that was part of a cycle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last forever. We tend to have short memories. Right? We don't remember 2008, 2001. It's always oh, going to keep going up. Who cares that the companies aren't worth what the, what they're selling for? Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's going to keep going up. Who cares that the the 
the country's falling apart in some cases. But right? I'm doing great right it's, now. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, so it's going to cycle. It's going to go up and down. And, and to her point, you do have some other options, and that we've talked about that. Depending on your goals, there's not a lot of great options as far as uh, cash. You know, cash savings because interest rates are so low. So there's not a great holding place, but I, we do have a lot of people close to retirement that are sitting on some more liquid money market savings accounts type of things, and we're actually waiting for the market to pull back because we know that's probably coming sooner than later. Right. And then they're going to invest back and not necessarily ride this next this next wave down. You know, what's interesting about this is, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, if you took money and put it on the sidelines and not even in a savings account, right. but just put it in a regular, just a checking account, just had it sitting there or in your shoebox, that... It, Five thousand dollars in that shoebox is not going to be worth the same amount of buying power in a year, two years, three years. It it's not going to grow. Right. It's kind of scary to think about that. It is, well, in the I'm not advocating ever timing the market, but when we're at a market high, I'm also not saying let's let's put a let's plow a ton of cash if we're if we're close to retirement either. Right. Into into something that's most likely to go down next. Yeah, because you don't want to lose it right away because you need right. it. Yeah, it is. All right. So hey, quick question here before we get out of here. Uh, the Rich Life Retirement Show, by the way, Bill Main sticking around here with Bo Henderson. Now, do, do you ever see a news story that directly contradicts another news story? And it, it, I see it all the time. It happens a lot especially when the topic is retirement planning. Market Watch is saying that's because most of these stories are based on the idea of the average retiree, mm. even though there's really no such thing as an average retiree. Now, how important is it to get advice that's customized to your situation? I would imagine extremely. Oh, this, this is my soapbox, Bill. Uh, the problem with averages, that's where you get things like popular advice, like rules of thumb and, and, and just general broad-based advice, and it can hurt an individual because uh, I, I, when if I'm sitting there talking to a class and there's 10 households in that class and I sit down with each household and talk to them, everybody has completely different income, expenses. Some of them have insurance. Some of them have pensions. Some of them spend $3,000 a month. Some of them spend $15,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Completely different variables. Their social security is going to be different. And if you don't put those pieces together in the most efficient way for that household, it will never be that everybody in that room should do this or that. It's going to be completely different scenarios, completely different ages, completely different orders of turning on things. So a retirement plan that's done based on what your brother-in-law told you to do or neighbor <laughs> or somebody at work, it might not be the best way to go. Yeah, something that, you know, and that's that's the thing because the person sitting next to you might make more money, mm-hmm. but they may be spending much more money. And at the same time, they may have a special needs child. They may have sure. some sort of other situation, medical situation that's causing them to have to change their situation. And then there are people who just kind of sail through. Well, it's like a math problem. You know, we talk about the math will show the path. We plug in all the variables and something will come out and it's going to be a different formula for everybody. Yeah, right. most definitely. Um, okay, so real fast, we got here. I want to kind of double back on something real fast. There are those people who are so frustrated with trying to save for retirement, they eventually just give up and they say, forget it. I'll just die broke. Now, we talk about leaving something behind uh, for the next generation, but do you get folks who, in looking at all of this, get that frustrated? Yeah, we do. We have a, we do, we saw a survey from the AARP that I'll I'll quote a lot that says forty percent of people now say their their plan just at this point is to work until they die. Mm. You know, they just kind of given up trying. Uh, but I think I think there's a combination. Do of, you talk them off that ledge? We do. Well, and, and to be fair, that forty percent, some of them want to work because they need to financially. Some of them need to for other reasons. Yeah, I just, want, I just want to be. Functional. I need to work to be productive around people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I, what we do is sometimes again we just get to the reality. I found when you get to the truth faster, is it might okay. We're we're not going to have the ability to get to this goal at this age, but two years later. 
And maybe when the house sells, maybe all the maybe it works. And sometimes just showing the reality of okay, how do we solve this problem? And yeah. there's some kind of a path. There you go, modeling. Get that path with the math. And the way you get it done is you check in with a guy we've been talking with the past half hour, and that is Bo Henderson, the folks here at Rich Life Advisors. So uh, get us to that pathway. Yeah, let's go to richlifeadvisors.com and check out the the events we have coming up. And there's a lot of good info there. And give me a call. Let me know your specific questions at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Pleasure as always, Bo. Have a great week. See you, Bill. If you have specific retirement questions or would like to know more about Rich Life Advisors, go to richlifeadvisors.com or call 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Rich Life Advisors LLC provides investment advisory services through Formula Folios. Bo Henderson is a licensed insurance agent in Georgia.